Ciao. Ciao. Hey, don't hang up. This is Giallo Ciao Ciao, the all Giallo show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Great Creeperson and the Phantom Eric and Chris want to take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways, and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them for the ride. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this extraordinary, amazing episode of Jallo Chow Chow, the All Jallo Show. This is episode 39, and we're coming to you live from Carabinari. <laughs> from where? <laughs> the place where we talk about Jallo films. Achendora? Is that, it might be Achendora. Yes. Creep, looks like you dressed I'm up for creepy. occasion. And here is. I have on a little bit of Italy. Nice. But you can't see because I have my name thing there. Here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Did you so guys have Bastards! They got ripped off of me by freaking Christopher George when I was running from the scene of the crime. Ah. <laughs> yeah, nothing? Okay, no. um, so for those of you listening to the show, um, it's going to be a little weird because we're going to keep looking at stuff <laughs> and say, hey, look at that. <laughs> and it's because we're doing a video show in case you missed that bit two seconds ago. But if you are watching, um, if you leave the Google Hangout question things, you could ask us questions or comment about the stupid shit that we say. <laughs> so it'll be super fun. So, how are you guys doing, Eric and Chris? <laughs> and well, I'm, I'm waiting Hi, for the first everyone. question to come in. Oh, don't torture You're me! You're waiting for the first question to come in? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. Is this just a QA type thing? Uh, maybe. Oh shit, he lost his mask. I completely lost the mask. Oh well, it happens. Um, hang on one second, guys. Okay. Hi. This is live television, folks. Great. Live television, everybody. <laughs> Okay, um, uh, can you, hang on, just make sure your thing's plugged in all the way on the side. 
Okay, your wife turn up your volume. Jesus Christ. She's trying to watch the show right next to me. Oh. And she's complaining to me right now that she can't fucking hear anything. So <laughs> she can hear it now. Brilliant. Okay, I'm going to do the show now. Can you, like, do something else for a minute? But she's watching our sleep. show sitting right next to you? She's right here. But she's watching our show. Yeah. She's okay. watching our show. How do I look? You look super. <laughs> you look like a shallow king. I don't know if that's good or bad. <sighs> so, I how's everybody? we were doing this, uh, this camera show. Otherwise, I would have dressed up better. I changed my clothes three times since I first talked to Chris minutes ago <laughs> about doing it. So. so, interestingly enough, enough, I had a red shirt on and I spilled stuff all over it and then I put on another red shirt. So here I am. And I have my duck. Would you spill blood on it? No, coffee. Oh, okay. And you, you, you know... The thing that <laughs> she says, you guys look fabulous. The thing that's important yeah, to recognize about this duck is that not too long ago, I probably had a hundred of these in my house in various places, and now it took me like an hour to find one. When you need it, you just that's can't find it. Hey, what's Creep have? <laughs> Creep's got his bottle of J and B. This is the fucking Jallo show, bitches. Very I nice. think I'm going to finish it off right now. Yep, and that's the end of it. So that's all I got. Oh, and it smells strong as Barbara Boucher naked. Oof! And all settled at the bottom? It's a stinky, stinky glass of J&B right there. She was sitting up in that hot attic. Oh, man, wasn't she ever hot? Where does she live? Does anybody understand that part? She lives on the she lives in yeah, in the fancy house that her dad built. Yeah, but why does why does she have servants? Are those people the servants? Like the kid lives there? Something like that. Because later on in the film she's in a completely different place. She's in the futuristic house, right? That is her house. Because see, that's what I thought too, because when the kid goes into the janky ass kitchen. I was like, that can't possibly be her house. And then he goes upstairs, and it's like the fanciest place in town. Yeah, but later on, like when she's talking with the detective, and the um, is that like a different location or the same one? That's the same one. Yeah, I'm I'm confused by that whole thing. Like, why is the room she was in? Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. What do we usually it's do at okay. this time on the show? Um, I ask how you guys are doing, and then oh. you guys tell me some story. And um, yeah, so how are you guys doing? Um, I don't know if I have any stories. Doing well. Your basement looks gorgeous. Thank you. It really is a boiler room. I don't just say that for <laughs> aesthetics. Got the <laughs> boiler right over there. Yeah. And then my, yeah, my old co-host, Lester, he still hangs out down here with me. It's a very fancy schmancy microphone, too. Yeah, Thanks. I invested a long time ago, and I finally figured out how to, I don't know, do I sound any different now? You sound more manly. Okay. I'm messing with the settings to see if I could get this microphone to sync up with 
hangout. It's a uh, Behringer C1U USB hookup. Nice. Thanks. That's very fancy. Um, for any of our viewers out there who are viewing us live, on the Q&A thing, if you want to tell Eric how beautiful his basement is, just leave a comment. It doesn't have to be a question. So, Chris, what about you? How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Um, I don't have anything important to say or report. Um, I really don't. I haven't watched any Jolly, including the one we're doing tonight. I got halfway through it today on the train. Um, and I got basically up to the part where Malvina comes out and walks down the street with the little kitty music playing for the first time. And then... This, the movie just totally changes into like the detective thing, like trying to figure out who the killer is. Up until that point, it's basically all, I guess, what would you call it, exposition? Well, there, there, now there's a hat. Now there's a hat. Just give me my trumpet. That took me by surprise. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's like an. I, I like to compare this this film to an onion. You just keep peeling back the layers. Uh, there's lots of great stuff in it to uncover. As you all know, and uh, yeah, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but yeah, it's it's a film that uh, it sticks in your mind. So I don't think it you needed to have it a refreshed watching of it. Yeah, I, I I didn't think it was crucial that I get all the way through. I I watched the important parts, namely uh, the scene with the orange aid. As we all know, that's a very important scene, um, oh. and then. Um, I, the, the, the part of the film that I don't really like to watch is when they, um, when the guys all uh, torture, whatever her name is, um, the the witch with the chains Machara. and that crazy, Ma, yeah, Machara, that's her name, and all the, yeah. and the crazy music is playing, and it's like, it starts out with like some kind of funky you know, Motown funky music, and then it switches to that, uh, eh, stupida. I, it's the only word yeah. I know from that song is about stupida. We got to get, um, we got to get our Italian Al. correspondent to uh, translate that song for us, because I have no idea. I want Al to re-record it and sing it to us. That would be awesome. Hail stupida. But it's funny, because, um, I've seen a lot of Barbara Boucher pictures cropping up on the various Jalo places on Facebook lately, um, so it's it's kind of like we're all in this Barbara Boucher mood, and she looks really good in this film. So fuck yeah, she does, dude. <laughs> she could have a geographical monopoly though on the other women in the movie since they all look like garbage. Yeah, I thought Florinda Balkan looked not too. I mean, we just after recently seeing her. Um, in other films, I thought this was kind of a step up for her. Maybe it was just, I just like that uh, natural kind of dirty hippie dirt girl. look. Yeah, yeah. Dirt look. He was effing disgusting. With the mud on <laughs> when she was filming out of her mouth, I wanted to fucking vomit. Yeah. I don't know how she ever I'll came. I'll break from. you. I like that. I'll break you. Break you. <laughs> and, and so, in case you didn't know. Today we're doing Don't Torture a Duckling, because we've been talking about it a bit. Um, this is uh, Lucio Fulci's... What movie is it, guys? 
What what Giallo or which movie in in general? Like, is is this his third? Jally. I think so. I think we he's the first one was Perversion Story. Yeah. And then Lizard and Woman Skin, and then this one. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beat me to it. So, um, yes. Oh, you have a hat on. Look at you. You do not like them, so you say. Try them, try them, and you may. Try them, and you may. Wrong movie to talk about for our first trash. Yeah, I know. Like it should have been eyeball. I'm just gonna say it out loud. (laughs) Should have been. Should we should it should have been eyeball redo. Is that, how, is that how you pronounce R-E-D-U-X or A-U-X? Is it redo? Yes. Yeah. That's spelled that way. And Eric loves Google. John Coffin, I am. Only that can drink. Only that spelled the same. But anyway. So, which one of you guys have the... Um, wants to do the synopsis since we've already pretty much said everything that, that happens in this movie? All right, I'll take it. If you'd like, I yeah, can read it from my, uh, for something. my old notebook here. I was gonna, um, I was gonna uh, read from uh, one of our sources, but if you, if you, Eric, if you have something, that's fine. You want me to read all of this? That wow. Looks like a lot. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna read that. That was from the first time I watched the film for a different podcast and. I was doing it all by myself, so I had to take extensive notes. But I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll read from our, uh, our friend's book. I don't know if oh, he's a friend. If he likes us or not, but... Getting a visual plug this time. Yeah, nice. There it is. Look how big that baby is. I love getting visual plugs. <laughs> all right. Wait, 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 wait. This is what happens when you give technology to a bunch of old men. <laughs> hey, I'm on I'm on the fuck cusp of this shit, guys. You are. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> a small Italian village is shocked by a series of child murders. Local outcast Machara comes under suspicion by the superstitious locals, but the police are not convinced of her guilt. As the murders continue, a reporter from the city, Andrea, begins to investigate and uncovers other leads. There you go. Short paragraph. Pretty much covers it. Oh, that yeah. was it? Yeah. That was a short one. Well, yeah, there was a another little pervert guy that got picked up because he buried the first body and then tried to extort some money out of the parents, um, which was a nice little red herring, <clears throat> which you see a mile away because... The pervert kids. I, I just want to say that I grew up exactly like these little kids. <laughs> like whenever I saw like teenagers or young adults like making out or going into a place, me and my friends were on it. We were following them. We were gonna spy. We were gonna get out our little peepers. Mm-hmm. Did you just stand on like overpasses and, and watch. watch them drive underneath? And um, those kids were. 
Yeah, all the time. I want to say though that opening was really powerful. Like yeah. that winding road, and then her digging with the music spike on it. That was great. It's such a different, uh, contrasting landscape. Um, I I like the rural landscape as I've mentioned before, but I also I really dug the the way that they clashed the two together with the the long winding interstate or whatever they, that would be over there, and then the uh, the rural background where she's digging through and finding old skeletons of small children, which kind of takes you takes you aback because if if you haven't seen this mo- movie before, maybe you'd think it was like a small animal or something, and then once you realize it's a child's skeleton, it really grabs you by somewhere and yanks. Yeah, and, and that that bridge, that like, it doesn't even look real. It, it just kind of snakes through the landscape and, you know, th- they're obviously setting the tone from the opening scene of this clash of cultures. Um, the modernism, um, I guess represented by Barbara Boucher's character and then um, the superstitious, old-fashioned um mob mentality that you know is clearly you know with the, where the conflict is and kind of resides in the killer that we find out eventually um, who the killer is but I mean we, the the killer kind of is the the pinpoint of that um, of that conflict because he's trying to like you know um, live in I guess both worlds at the same time sort of Yeah, um, I this movie was ruined for me way early on. Um, like, I don't know if we want to spoil. Let's spoil it real quick. Like ruin, like the killer's identity ruined, or yeah, we're gonna oh, do that. So I forgot this guys, was your first watch. Yeah, dude. Ugh. Um, if you haven't seen "Don't Torture a Duckling" yet, mute or something. Or fast forward or whatever, um, but yeah, it's the damn priest, and, <laughs> and everybody, like, it's just like you know, like, I mean, I can't remember what I saw, but like one of the first like clips or anything I've ever seen of any uh, Jali was probably that shitty shot of him falling off the cliff. That's a great shot, Eric. Um, she's disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's cool. But like that crappy ass special effects. You don't like that? Falling off. It's so awful. <laughs> like the effects in the movie were like so. I don't want to say well thought out, but they were like pretty decent until you get to slow motion dummy and slow motion dummy was awful yeah and you know Fulci did that again in the opening of the psychic it was the exact same shot but he used a different dummy it was like oh, awful. The, very be- the very beginning of that film the, the the main character's mother I guess gets in a car wreck and falls off the cliff and it's the same shot it's the dummy falling upside down. It's, it's the angry hippo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if Fulci really liked that shot and wanted to do it again, or 
or just figured, hey, you know, we did this already, let's do it again and save some money. I don't know. Yeah, it is another strange contrasting visual when you get this guy, this dummy falling down the cliff, but then you've got the overbearing music playing and uh, the the kind of the flashback shots of these poor innocent kids getting murdered. And then each time it goes back to that dummy, you're like, oh yeah, that's right, that thing is ugly and fake. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be a very dramatic moment. Well, Creep, I know that your initial reluctance to watch the film was because of the the, the subject matter and that the victims were minors. Um, after you, now that you've seen it, are you still kind of repulsed by it, or is, was it not as as hard to watch as you thought? Well, I think anytime someone takes advantage of um, people who spend their lives working in the mines and digging out coal and all that stuff, it's very sad and troublesome. You see what I did there? Because you said miners. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's yeah. okay. Um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I didn't want to watch it because of that. I don't like watching kids get killed or anything like it. But to be honest, like the way the kids got killed was so chillaxed, if that makes sense. Yeah, it it wasn't really it wasn't very graphic. Okay, I'm yep. trying to get this um, video thing up. I'm sorry, guys. Um, wait, wait, wait. Let me just do this real quick. Um, but yeah, so that really bothered me before coming into it. But once I was into it, it was fine. And. Um, in fact, I thought watching a movie with a bunch of kids, especially since we did uh, Who Saw or Die, and I thought that was kind of a fucking horrible thing for children kind of thing. I thought this was going to be kind of like that, but the kids were pretty... I mean, it kind of plays into why they were attacked anyway, but they were kind of older than they should have been. You know, yeah. like the way they, right. the way they were just like, oh yeah, she got tits like melons, and, da -da 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 -da. and just doing all the shit that they were doing made it to where it didn't really seem like they were like children, and so that made it a lot easier for me. And seriously, that kid when he went up with the fucking orange aid or whatever, and she was all naked and flirting with him and hitting on him, that kid, probably all grown up now, probably still talks about that. Oh, man. This yeah. one time when I was 12, I was on this movie set, and Barbara Boucher was probably not even in the same room with me, but when you watch the movie, it looks like it. <laughs> it was hot. Yeah, the, the kids yeah, are uh, losing their innocence, and that's what it's basically all about. Um, we do have a first question. question. We do? Oh, where is it? It's in the uh, Q&A portion of the Google Hangouts. Oh, okay. It's from Thrash Denim, and they write, Do you think? Do you guys think this was the film to start the whole priest is the killer trope? Spoilers ahoy. Don't worry, we've already uh, spoiled it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I question. guess I'll continue on our discussion on that. Yeah, what do, you, what do you guys think of that? 
Well, it's hard to answer that question without spoiling films that we haven't covered yet. Sure. Well, without um, saying the names of other films, is this the first one that had the priest killer? That's hard to know off the top of my head. I'd have to look that up. I know that uh, Fulci okay. was very big against, or people think that he was really against the Catholic Church, and a lot of his stories and imagery were sort of anti-church or anti-religion. Um, this film, I actually, upon watching it again, I, I mean, obviously the priest is the killer, but I don't see it as much as that as it's more against uh, what religion does to a town of, you know, people people who really get suckered into what religion ascribes to and um, kind of messes with them so that, you know, Machiara, she can't practice her own religion. She gets thrashed by chains and killed because she's a little bit different. And so I think that's more of what he what he's tackling in this type of film. Well, I think, too, um, Italy and Catholicism is a lot different than it is here. Uh -huh. And it's probably a lot more hardcore and all that funny stuff. I have to answer Zoe right now. Um, Zoe, Barbara Boucher is not butthole face. That is um, How Nia dare Zavaro you? Or uh, Susan Scott. Yes. Barbara Boucher is not butthole face. No. Don't even mention them in the same sentence, right? Yeah. But that is no bueno. Um, so there's a, just so you guys know, there's another film um, with a priest as the killer. Actually, well, you know, we know that Who Saw Her Die. Uh, we've already covered that one. Priest is the killer. Um, uh, what happened to my video? What about, um, Zoe asked about who can kill a child. Do you know that? Did she get the name of that movie right? Sorry, I'm, I'm having hangout problems. Okay, I'm good. I'm back. Who can kill a child? That, yeah, that sounds familiar. Who can kill a child? can't remember who did that one, though. I'll say the priest. <laughs> am, am I correct in that? So, Duckling is from 1972. I was thinking about it, too, and I think it's also a thing where, like... Who saw her die 71, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so maybe Hussara Die is the first one. 72 for Duckling, and this other film I'm thinking of is also 72, so. But the other thing is, is that these movies, people didn't think when they made them that people were going to be watching them over and over again for years to come. Yeah. And if they saw one movie where a priest killed somebody and they thought, oh, that's a fucking good twist. Let's go fucking make a movie where a priest kills somebody. It'll knock people's socks off. Um, I think that's kind of probably more how it went than just everybody hating the church and saying, let's make priests kill people. Because, so, I mean, I don't know. I guess it wasn't as big in Italy, but, like, here, if they were doing that, the priests would be fucking the shit out of all the little kids before they killed them, right? Yeah. Well, I guess you also have to remember that this was 
1972, so it was after Rosemary's Baby, kind of just in that whole early, not the 80s satanic panic we all know and love, but the earlier prototypical version of that with uh, movies like The Omen would be coming out and The Exorcist around this time, so it might have not been so much about Priest as the killer as it was just overall uh, a take on the the religious um, turmoil that was going on around the world and anything from how Machiara's son or child was spawn of Satan, you know, itself. That's clearly a take on those kind of films. And then just uh, adding the priest as a killer into it was part of, I guess, just the mystery. That's how I saw it. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm having hangout problems. Every, oh. time I, every time I switch to a different window to look something up, I lose my hangout window. Oh. And I haven't and I'm trying to get it back. It and goes behind your stuff. You gotta move your other browser over. It's just behind? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm so used to Windows, like it shows you, you know, everything that's a window is on the bar. But oh. Macs don't do that. So stupid Macs. Nope. Anyway. Um so the thing that I got out of watching this, because I've seen it a bunch of times, and every time I watch it, I get something else out of it. The thing that I got this time is a hard on. Yeah, it doesn't. Make, it doesn't make a lot of sense that you have this very poor, uh, obviously uneducated mob mentality group of people that live in an environment where they have this military-like police force that has access to color video surveillance that they've got, you know, for to use in their investigation. It just seemed like it didn't make sense that they would that they would have this that, that there would be this much budget available to this town of Achindura to go looking for these kids with all the guards and the helicopters and the dogs and they're bringing people in from other places and uh, do you think that it was just supposed to be like, well, this was like, it almost felt like more of a communist kind of a um, police force or, or uh, you know, uh, hierarchy of, of authority compared to, you know, what we normally see. I mean, this this film did not have a lot of the modern giallo kind of style to it, which we which we know about already. Everybody's talked about that, but I mean, what? What, what do you guys think? Did it, did it feel like... The more I look at the film and the more I think about the film, it's like, well, I don't know that this police force really would have existed in Achindor. Well, is, like... is there, like, a thing where, like, you know how, like, <clears throat> in America, like, there's some states that don't have a police department, so they have, like, the state police or a sheriff's station? Would that be more of a thing, like, since it was out in the middle of nowhere... <clears throat> they have like a little small department, but it's a part of a bigger place that has almost like a little military-ish. Because I mean, they had a fucking like fighter copter. Yeah, like, yeah, it was crazy. <clears throat> they had, and then when the once the third kid was killed, or when they were looking for for Machara, and then the manhunt, the the quote unquote manhunt was on for Machara, and it was like, you know, they brought in people from all over the country. Basically, to yeah. look for this one woman. You know. 
I mean, you could see it as they're just trying to silence the public. They're trying to keep them uh, under some sort of rule that would allow them to act the only the way that they wanted them to act. I it was mean, very I like, Mussolini. Yeah, yeah like the, the central port, part of this movie, and it feels like even in the center of town is where the church is, where these kids play soccer, and you hear the bells. It's one of the first things you hear in the film of the church, so it seems like it's very controlled uh, locality. Yeah, a lot of paint. They had white paint on everything. Yeah, yeah it was very bland. It was very weird. Yeah, I um, just didn't want anyone to have fun. When that kid got the call, and we were supposed to believe it was from Barbara Boucher, I guess. Right. But it obviously wasn't from her if I'm recalling correctly. But the kid went out to the woods acting like he was about to get like hit up by a chick. Like He was all fixing his jacket, trying to do his hair all nice. See, I, I got a completely different thing out of that, and maybe I'm not reading this right, but I thought that it really was that Barbara Boucher's character called that kid because she called back to the house, right? If if she called him, that's where she lived, right? I thought she said she was trying to get... Well, she told the cops that she was trying to get some weed. Right, right? but I think that she called him, and he was supposed to bring her the weed. Like, even though he was a minor, like, he can get the, he can get the weed. I don't know. Because what's, what's the theory? That it was the, the, the killer that called the, the boy instead and made him come out? Like the killer or something. Because he said, you know, on the phone, on, you know, you, you only see w the one, it's, it's only a one-way conversation that we're privy to when it happens. And so it's like, uh, the kid says, no, I'm not afraid. I can sneak out. And if it was the priest, the priest wouldn't have asked him to sneak out because the priest is supposed to be encouraging to be a good boy, right? So I thought it was... Well, not that, if you kind of the kid out to kill him. Well... I mean, you've got to go under that guise. Creep, you have, what, three different drinks? <laughs> I have my cherry Coke. Your coffee? My scooch. <laughs> and my coffee. See, you always <laughs> said that at the beginning of every show, but it, we never believed you until we could finally see it. Oh, yeah. See, I got my coffee because I need it, and it's yummy. But uh -huh. it's hotter than shit here, so I have my cherry Coke mm -hmm. to cool off that thirst. But I have my JP because it's jalap. fucking jalap. Right. Yeah. And I so, only have two hands, so I'm having a hard time. There you go. Because you're looking at Barbara Boucher pictures? Yeah. yeah. So, wait, where's my special effects? So Point anyway... Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, that, that, I guess that's my question. My, my interpretation is that Barbara Boucher stopped at the gas station, called the kid, and said, um, bring me some weed. I guess he could get a hold of it. And she never met up with him. Um, meanwhile, the priest um, somehow managed to track the kid down. And, cause How he did had already, the priest know the kid was out? I don't know. See, there's the hole in my theory. So. Maybe we just weren't supposed to ask questions about that part. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's in the hangout understands what happened there, it'd be great. We could use some help. Yeah. We could always use some help. 
Um, I thought she, like, the fact that they kept trying to make her look like a red herring was kind of crap because she didn't have really any motive. Like, usually if you have, like, a red herring or something, there's usually a reason, like, that that person is the person who's trying to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. And they kept, like, forcing it down your throat that she looks totally suspicious. Yeah, she's the outsider. But there was never a reason for her to ever, ever be suspicious. Was it just that she's an outsider? She's an outsider. She doesn't belong. Yeah, it's... I, I did want to mention that, although as as much as I love this movie, and I, I said that it's, it's kind of like more things develop as you're watching it, and I did, I think some jelly films unfortunately fall to a trap of they try to add too much towards the end to make it a more rounded out film that they just end up burying it. Right. This one, it it seems like it, it follows along coherently, um, but there are some things that could be trimmed up a little bit, and that's one of the things I had a problem with too is. Um, if they, they ended up saying, oh, we need to have more red herrings in this film because we killed off Giuseppe, the pervert. And uh, Montiaro was dead almost halfway through it or a little later than that. And they just needed more, so they kind of forced her into that role. And uh, when you really think about it, it, other than the fact that she's kind of a pedophile, which, you know, you, you put a guy at her age hitting on little girls, it's creepy. But then you get her in there and we're all like, oh, yeah, where was she when I was 12? Right. <laughs> But the first thing that the cops said was... Uh, I pressed the wrong sound effect. I'm sorry. Uh, There you go. Um, One of the first things the cops says, um, I think when when they found the second body, they said this uh, victim wasn't sexually assaulted either. So they kind of like killed the whole idea that it could be a sex maniac like right off at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I think that even though Fulci was trying to like really push the boundaries of, you know, uh, social convention, I don't think that that in 1972 they were ready for a film where it was a female uh, who was raping and murdering young boys. I, I don't think that anybody would have been able to handle that idea back then. So... They just, like you said, they they establish her as a suspect, but they don't really tell you or give you any reason to 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 suspect her. And then, you know, like Eric said, once the honestly, uh, I don't think he has to kill a kid to screw him. I think they would all have been very willing to be molested by her. Yeah. Well, this is true. Just a double standard. Uh, Zoe said that the um, the movie uh, Who Can Kill a Child is a 1976 Spanish movie about uh, two English tourists who visit an island where all the children have taken over and gone crazy. Oh, that's where I've heard of it. Yeah, I, I have heard of that now. Yeah, I was thinking, that's not a giallo, is it? And then I remembered it was done a little bit later on, I think, in the late 70s. Are, are you in Venice? I am in Venice. I'm on a boat. Oh. I'm kind of fading well, out, though. I'm like a ghost. I'm in yeah. Anchandora. Eric yeah, looks like a kitty cat. <laughs> I have a cake. Blow out your candle, Chris. Big boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, this is our first time ever doing this, so... 
expect the worst. <laughs> I look like Crete now. Gosh. Now I know what Chris's wife felt like on the wedding night. Whoa. Wait a minute. It's filling in pretty nicely, huh? All right. After that slight interruption. All right. There it is. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, did we apologize yet no. to the audience? Okay. We did. All right. Good. Um. Did we? Or are you just pretending that that happened? I don't no. think we did. Um. Did you guys notice the eyeball guy? In his one scene in the movie. No. The American tourist that says, Well, it's one summer bitch will never get my vote. From Eyeball was like the head cop that they all had to go into and talk to for one scene. No, I didn't notice that at all. What scene was it in the in, in the Fulci movie? Towards the end or It was like in the middle, like all of the cop guys and that creepy inspector dude went in to talk to, like, the commissioner or something like that. Right. And he was just, like, behind his desk. And he didn't look anything like an American tourist all of a sudden. That's where it threw me off. What would you prefer, a kiss or money? <laughs> what lips are we kissing? Mwah, 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 mwah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who gave us this toy? Um, now, the other thing that was a little weird for me about the movie, I'm trying to pull the train back on the tracks here, people. Right. Um, Thank you. No one knew anything, like the audience at least. None of us knew anything about the voodoo lady. Uh, what's her name? Marcellus Ma Wallace. Machera. <laughs> Machera. Nobody knew shit about her until over halfway through the movie. We just kept seeing this dirty chick and had no idea who she was to the town, who she was with anybody, and they were making her a, a curious suspect the whole time as well, but n we had no idea who the fuck she was, and that irritated me a little bit. Yeah, and then, you know, and then they go to... Uh to the what was the what was the priest slash warlock's name the black magic priest he was Francesco, Francesco yeah there you go and he's like chopping his way through the garden with a machete um, and how many times did he mention a saint when they talked to him like yeah I thought he was talking about the priest I didn't know who the fuck he was talking about that scene was so fucking boring it was like, awful I wanted to get on my phone and look at anything. Like, I was just really <laughs> Someone email me, please. <clears throat> it was awful. But, you know, um, I think that one of the things that's interesting about this film is that they really don't... I mean, the cops are just kind of doing their due diligence in going through the clues and not really not really getting inspired to solve the mystery, um, but the newspaper guy, and then ultimately Barbara Boucher's character, they kind of, in the last, like, 15 to 20 minutes of the film,
they kind of decide that they're going to try and figure out what's going on because um, at this point Machara has been killed and the other guy um, what what happened to him they just did they just let him go they didn't kill him right the guy that uh, initially did the ransom thing for the six million lira they trapped him and then they brought him to the scene and then they realized that he was just making shit up because he wanted because he was dumb and in the very beginning, that guy. I think they just let him go, and then uh, he just fucking vanished off the face of the movie, right? Yeah. And 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 there's obviously a little bit of a cultural gap because I have no idea how much six million lira is, so I didn't understand why that was, you know, to re to request it all in cash. And they were like, well, obviously he's an idiot if he requests it all in cash, but it turns out that that's probably like thirty thousand or or like three hundred dollars or something maybe. So yeah. why wouldn't it be cash, right? I guess. Um, Thirty-seven cents. I just looked it up. Is that all it is? Six million lira no. is thirty-seven dollars. No, I'm joking. I'm oh, joking. okay. Um, but anyway, I got uh, some right here. I just thought it was. Uh, oh, look at that! Yeah, from Al. So I. <laughs> Al sends a six million year year lear all the fucking time. Yeah. Wow! I just had a total. Wow! 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 It was awful. It's a Kleenex. So yeah, like the the film just changes gears at the end because there's no more need for this giant police force to go after everybody and the dogs to come out and all this manhunt and you know that whole thing that they established in the in the first three quarters of the film, which was you know the the discord or the conflict between the two types of people or the the, the two. Uh, societal conventions, or the modern versus the, you know, the old-fashioned, and the the uh, the analytical versus the superstitious. Like all of that is just kind of thrown away, so that they can finish the film. Like Eric was saying, basically they got to a point where, you know, Fulci did as much as he could, I guess, to to make it an artistic film. And then it was like, well, this is still a giallo, so we've got to, we've got to solve the mystery. We've got to get these people to figure out who it is. And so that I found it interesting that the, the film kind of starts in, in that amateur detective kind of vein, um, but it's right after the last kid is found. I think what, like, there's a scene where um, the girl's um, car is broken down and she says, what would you prefer, a kiss or money? And then the very next scene, he's like face down in a puddle or something. And then after he that, must have said head. Yeah, he must have said yes to both. So um, nothing. Head. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. It's fine. So um, yeah. Well, I mean, like, what do you think? Was that? You think that that Fulci really wanted the movie to to kind of change gears that quickly? Or was it just the necessity of the the format of the film? It might, yeah, it might have been me, but I just I saw it more as like a subtle, um, I guess escalation where Machiara's always kind of lived amongst these people, and they always kind of put up with her, and then once these child killings started happening and she became more and more suspect, they took their chance to really banish, you know, try to banish her from town or even at. The, make her come to her own demise. So I didn't really see it as too... That one was... I didn't see it as too forced as much as I saw the one with Patrizia. 
Um, it was just another one of those, yeah, the uh, the traditional old-fashioned versus the kind of the new spiritual age uh, kicking her out of town. And uh, Patrizia, in her own way, was, you know, she's living in this modern house built by her father who hated the town. I mean, there had to have been a reason he hated the town. It's probably, and got the heck out of there. It's probably the same reason. It's because they just were kind of stuck in their ways. Right. Uh, but poor Machiavelli, um, so she didn't have an out. Zoe just found out it is $3,500. Oh, that's it? Okay. Yeah. For six Zoe? million lira. And that's in today's money, so who knows what that would have fucking been. Like 3800 But I, again, like, I'm looking at these last few scenes, and I, unless they just on purpose changed the lighting of everything the scene where Patricia and the no it's definitely the same place because I see the wave machine the wave machine which is so fucking cool yeah I used to have one there (laughs) I I never had one that big that's pretty big um but her house her room her fucking beach buggy her outfits, the outfit she had on when they were like looking for the doll and all that yeah. shit. Oh my god, dude. The trench coat? It was like this weird dress that like laced up in the front, but it looked like a burlap sack and it was super short. And she had these like tall um, skin tone like boot things. I don't know. She just looked amazing. And I swear to god, if she wasn't in this movie, this movie would have probably been one of the worst things I've ever watched. <laughs> like, I would have just hated going through it. I didn't think you were going to like the outfits, so you liked them, huh? Uh, hers? I liked most of hers. Yeah. I think there was... Um, was there any that I just... I liked her first outfit. Um, <laughs> I think that was called a Merkin. Yeah. A Merkin and Orangeade. But um, everything she had on was great. She looked amazing. Thank you. Um, but so I liked that. The but the house and the buggy, like Jesus Christ, dude, she was cool as shit. Yeah, I think I think there's a clear delineation building between yourself and, and me and maybe Chris. Um, I just I really dig dig this atmosphere in this setting, and all the films at the top of my jelly rankings list are ones like this and Solange and. Another one, uh, Laughing Windows. I don't know. Well, th- I mean, this well, film I'm is. Glad you like those, and I am, and I don't, because it makes this show more interesting. There you go. If we were all just sitting here sucking each other's dicks, this would be awful. Right, it kind of would. Especially now that I. I, I um, I don't know what the doorbell has anything to do with oh. anything. Someone's there to suck Chris's dick. (laughs) Pizza delivery man's here. Uh, Oh, man. Huge watermelon. Um, (laughs) No, you know, the the thing about this film is that it's kind of epic. Like, there's so much going on in the film, and there's so many people, and it's a huge production. I mean, even though it's supposed to be, like, taking place in in, in an area that looks like it's not, um, you know, uh, well-to-do, it's not an urban... Uh, modern environment. Um, they clearly had a large budget. They had lots of extras, and they had dogs, and they had um, helicopters, and all kinds of stuff. But 
Um, you know, a, a film like this is the kind of film where you could take it and and discuss it from the point of view of it being a serious piece of art, um, even though, you know, it doesn't necessarily hold up to, say, Antonioni or some of those other, like, important, you know, Italian filmmakers. It might not be that, you know, you, you might get a, a, a serious film critic to watch Don't Torture Duckling, and then they would laugh and say, how are you crazy? This doesn't hold up. But I think for most people... You know, it is a little bit more, uh, there's a little bit more to it than a film like Eyeball or um, uh, Strip. Oh, uh, and meanwhile, those films are very entertaining. And so you might not want to watch a giallo that has all this kind of subtext going on. And, um, you know, you just want to watch it for fun. Now, Does it have a lot of subtext, though? Like, I well, feel like this... Like, it, as much as it seems like there's a lot going on, there really isn't. The priest is very clear the first time you see him that he's had to, like, get rid of newspapers and magazines in the town because they were skanky. Whenever they're like, I wonder who the killer is, it, like, cuts to a shot of him, like, all, ooh, ooh, like, yeah. oh, no, they might be it's talking about me. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, no I, I know what you, it's not as like uh, labor intensive to watch as maybe Footprints on the Moon. As far as no, it's not that. It's not that bad. But it's yeah. it, it does take some uh, appreciation of more than just eye candy to really. It was much it. better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, Let's say okay. that. Wow. But I also thought it was going to be a big old piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, as, I'm as, not as, a huge fan of Fulci's stuff. I don't think. And I might get shot for that, but... I mean, Perversion Story was good until the last fucking ten minutes, and then it was just... Yeah. Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, did they really just try to do that to me? But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's no boo the only sound other effect. Critique, <laughs> yeah, where's the boo? What was the, the only other critique I had? Oh, we need... We need, um... We need... Creeps raspberry sound effect. We don't have that. Yeah, Can you is. add one? Can you do custom ones? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's did you guys notice how fucking filthy the main cop's finger was? He he was just scrawny and mustachy and dirty. Which main guy? cop are we talking about? The Andrea? guy who didn't wear the stupid suit. He just wore a tie. Was he and a cop? He, had a beard. he was like more like an inspector or something, right? Oh, I'm thinking yeah. of the I'm thinking of the journalist. Who, I don't know. His, who looks ridiculous? Like, like horribly tobacco stained, to where it was like almost black. Yeah, it was just fucking disgusting. I don't know. That that irritated me. Like he had to know that his finger looked like that. And he kept like putting it up in front of his face while he was talking to the girl. Wow, wow, wow. It was just, it was just gross. Yeah. My critique is over. So you're that, giving it a. That, are you giving it? Are you gonna watch? Would you ever watch it again? Great. No, I don't think so. Maybe like if someone was like, "Oh, I really want to see that movie. Will you watch it with me?" And I'll get pizza or something. 
then I would watch it again, I think. But other than that, I, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm pretty much done with the duckling. I'm glad they actually had a duck. Because have a duck. the whole time I was watching, I was like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, why didn't they just call this movie a bunch of pervert kids get fucking killed by a priest? It's the prequel to New York Ripper, I think. I know this, I know this film has a fan. <laughs> I know the film has a lot of its fan has a lot of fans, uh, myself included, but uh, I think it is more for the fact that it's not um it's nothing groundbreaking really. Uh, it's not a film that people are fans of because it's this whole new piece of art, but it's just that it's Fulci trying to take what's already been established in the early um, or I guess this is not so much early anymore, but the growing period of Giallo and, and just trying to perfect certain things and he'd missed it on a few marks but I think for the most part it's a well developed story with um, a pretty woman and some pretty uh, subversive topics and things that he tackled so um, how about this I think we should get Creep to rank all of the Fulci Jolly that he's seen so far from most likely to watch again to never well let's not do it that way least favorite to most favorite or best to worst so you have perversion story lizard and woman skin well, uh don't I'll torture the like, and then um the other one we covered was new york ripper we didn't cover uh, psychic so no no was there one more other than psychic psychic new york mm -hmm. ripper and there was a film called murder rock which was That's also right. with Jallo, <laughs> which I haven't seen, but I heard um, it's kind of fun if you like shit, like, and I don't mean that in a shitty way, but it's it's kind of fun. But um, I would watch Perversion Story again, maybe. I might watch New York Ripper again. Um, and Murder Rock, yeah. But, have, um, you, have you seen Murder Rock? Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay. I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, but, um, you see, the thing about him, like, Perversion Story has a super hot chick in it. This movie has Barbara Boucher in it, and um, Lizard and Woman's Skin has that chick with the red hair, the hippie chick. Right. You like her. Like, yeah, there's definite eye candy in his movies. But, um, I don't know. I just, I don't think. What, what about you guys? How would you guys rank the ones? Well, if we're just ranking the ones that we've done on the show, how would you do it? This one would be on my top, my top one for sure. Um, I, I still like Lizard in a Woman's Skin. I don't know. I, I, I put that one above Perversion Story. I think those two are battling for second place. I'm going to put Lizard second, Perversion Story, and then uh, New York Ripper, probably. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can't even do it, because they all kind of shift around and jockey for first place every time I watch them, like in my brain. Oh, I yeah. think that, do it. I think that Don't Torture a Duckling is probably Fulci's most accomplished and well-made uh, Jolly from a technical standpoint. Um, the direction in the film is unbelievably great. 
uh, the visuals, the camera movements, uh, the scenes, yeah. um, the set and the lighting, and, and the music is really good too, except for that one song where the woman... She gets beat up in the fucking graveyard. Yeah. Um, I like that for some reason. I so don't know. I, think I, I think I would just... Yeah, I think with Eric, I think I'm... I think I'm saying, well, this is tough because Perversion Story is a really cool film. It's totally different than any of the other ones because it's more like a swinging 60s kind of film. And it's in San Francisco and it's got that wacky jazz soundtrack and I like that one a lot too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Tied for Second Place is all the rest. So, Because New York Ripper is freaking such a great film um, just because it's you know, it's so trashy and stupid with the duck. Again with the duck. Fulci loves his ducks. So Again with the duck. I, I, I don't know. Maybe if I, a gun to my head, I'd put Don't Torture a Duckling first, probably New York Ripper second, and then Perversion Story, and then Lizard at the end. There you have it. <laughs> Well, um, next time on our awesome show, we're going to be at number 40. So um, that means we get to do our top 10 of the last 10 list. I'll make sure to get some visual props for that. Are we going to do... Do you guys want to do another Hangout? I I like this. I don't know if anyone else does. They probably don't. But this has worked out quite swimmingly over Skype, I think. Well, I think that um, if I can figure out technically, I think there's a way to extract the audio out of the YouTube video that is generated from this, and then you could put that up uh, as the official... If you go go to um, listen to youtube.com, you could just add the link and it'll pull... um, I think it makes a DMG file first, and then you have to just ignore that and do it again, and then you get an MP3 file. Oh, okay. Cool. So maybe but, we should... Um, uh, I was going to say, maybe we ask should you. ask the uh, Facebook people what they prefer. I'm kind of scared Do to you out. really care what the Facebook people prefer, <laughs> Chris? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> um, what I was going to say, though... Um, since you think that there's a conspiracy against you led by the cops from this movie we just watched about how um, the music is always louder when you start talking, do you, <laughs> sir, want to um, put the uh, music in on the thing, or do you want me to still do that? This is a little behind the scenes for you here. I was going to say, isn't this happening in our board meeting here at the challenge putting me on the spot here I think uh yeah I don't know um that would require me to to learn things and do things I'll do it don't worry about it <laughs> I do have the soundtrack though if you want it I think I, the, have it. I think the voices are going to be a lot more even if we yeah. do do a YouTube rip just okay. because it's not one person recording and another recording themselves on a microphone and then getting two people over Skype it's going to be more of a even tone, I think. Even this is gonna... tone. Yeah. Oh, I can't fucking believe you did that. <laughs> hey, I, we we didn't talk about Jello score real quick. Um, oh yeah. 
I saw you gave this one a big fat 89, a must see. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've looked at your site quite often. I, I wanted to know, is there a, is there any kind of a partial credit or anything like as far as the confession, if it's done in his head versus if it's done out loud in front of a group of people? Because I noticed he never really confessed in person. He kind of, it was all just up in his noggin. Um, no, I never thought about that. So thanks for ruining my website. No. Um, no just <laughs> I know you don't have a specific point just for confession like that, but... I was just I'm trying to find the oh, oh an 89 okay it did it did pretty well yeah. um did we get the Jane B bottle oh yeah because I was watching it today I'm like I don't know if I got the Jane B bottle um no so refresh my memory he he basically just takes Malvina up to the top of the cliff right right hey guys I want you to know that she's not a moron she's just fucking retarded. Right, right. Let's get okay. that clear. I'm yeah, you said that. Yeah. <laughs> he takes her to the top, and he's like thinking in his head. You know, I. But he doesn't think in his head until he's falling, right? No, he's he's walking up to the top of the cliff, and he's thinking, you know, you are all my special little boys. I wanted to keep you all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, safe, I'm at safe that scene right, right now. Yep. Well, it's interesting to think about, but uh, no, I mean, basically, um, there isn't anything in there for a confession, really. We just, we figure out what the motive is. Yeah, that's um, the important thing. One way or the other, and then um, the great part is that he falls off the cliff and that gets is, the accidental yes. death points, which is awesome. That, is, that was great. I hope that's how I go when it's all yeah. over. Scraping your face along the rocks as you fall in slow motion. Yes, but it will be a dummy so that I can fake my own death. Out when his face was getting rubbed on the. Yeah, yeah, some kind of. What the fuck is that? Right. (laughs) Is it combustion? (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. Maybe he had a metal plate screwed in his head. Well, there's yeah, there is like a little bit of a flashback at the very end with the boys playing soccer. But yeah. I think it's not even a flashback. It looks more like they're out in the field. They're, they're all dressed in white. Yeah, it's like his beautiful version of heaven with the kids. Oh, sure. It's fucking disgusting. But it's it's interesting that they didn't follow the whole priest pedophile thing because it, it's obvious that he didn't want to have sex with the boys. He just wanted to save them. Like he yeah, loved them. Like yeah. That's yeah. interesting. He didn't go that far quite yet. Maybe he tried and the editors played or producers played some magic. Cause you know, there was a there was if you look at Solange, there was that was another film that did a lot of uh, criticism of, you know, the Catholic Church and um, the 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 and the, the archaic um, old world ideas of um, sexuality and, and abstinence and you know that but that's a different movie that's a lot that's a lot uh, about you know the girls coming of age and trying to hold on to their innocence and that whole thing and you know and of course there's the abortion um, topic is also spoilers abound yeah yeah Everyone's, everyone's seen that movie because we already talked about it. So, just, yeah. Yeah. Dude, 
Well, Chris is getting a little quicker with his uh, sound effects, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next time we're going to have our top ten list. And next time we're also... I didn't do that one. Sure you did. <laughs> um, but we're going to be doing an Umberto Lenzi movie next week, right? Yes. Seven bloodstained orchids <laughs> all over your lotus flower. So, yes, it will be a blast. Yar! Eric and Chris is a pirate. Did you guys know right. that, that film is rated R? Is it rated? I don't know. I just wanted to say R. R. Hey, did you hear about the pirate who had the uh, steering wheel attached to his pants? No. Arr, it's driving me nuts. Wait. Did wait. It... Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, sorry. I can't. I got the headwear section. <laughs> uh, this is the worst ever. <laughs> This is the worst show. I look, dude, I look like the guy from Fast and the Ridgemont High driving down the street. You know what I'm talking about? Brad throwing the fish out the window. <laughs> All right, so um, you guys wanted to do a hangout next week as well? <laughs> yes. Let's keep this, great. Keep yeah. going. I like it. All right, well, uh, yes. So until next time, everybody. Um, yeah, ciao, ciao. Oh, hey, should I do the trailer for our, for that movie? Do Will we get in it? trouble? Fuck no. Oh, yeah, we probably yeah. won't get audio. Oh. We'll just do the screen. So never mind. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll put it in on the end here. Okay. Um, the, the audio show will still be up and running and sounding just perfect. So You're um, going to have to cut out all the sound effects. I'm going to have to cut out all of nothing. Okay. We don't cut nothing out. We're super hardcore over here or something. I don't know. This show might sound horrible. I'm not 100% on that. <laughs> it can't sound any worse than it has in the past. So, Well, if there's anything we've had, it's been um, high self-esteem. So we're all good. What is Eric putting up now? Oh, the trailer. <laughs> You know, Edgar Wallace's Seven Bloodstained Orchids. Antonio Zabato. <clears throat> so, yeah. It's all good. All right. Love all it. right. So, until next time, everybody. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Ciao, ciao. ciao. ciao.